Is big tech coming for democracy? In the new Debugger podcast, tech journalist Bob Sullivan joins experts from Duke University and beyond for a special miniseries, Defending Democracy from Big Tech, diving deep into big tech's seemingly limitless power to influence our lives and what we can do to rebalance the scales. Big tech makes huge decisions over our lives every day. What we see, how we feel, what we censor, even what medical decisions we make. But who controls these massive firms who seem so powerful and rich they're able to act as a judge and a jury, accountable to no one? What can we do to keep them in check? And how important is this issue, James? Pretty big, don't you think? Cool. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it, it, everybody, you know, it, it, it's, it's funny. It's one of these things where the right and the left kind of merge in, in, in some of their opinions. But you, when you know you have, any time you have unbridled power, it it leads to not good things without proper supervision. Yeah. So Defending Democracy from Big Tech is a thought-provoking, limited series that we think you're going to love. Here's a clip to give you a taste, and you can listen to the whole series right now on the Debugger podcast. When we left off, I'd just mentioned the burning Cuyahoga River, a big, terrible mess in Cleveland that eventually, during the 1960s and early 70s, helped galvanize the attention of most Americans and helped bring about the Environmental Protection Agency. Well, we have another really big burning mess on our hands right now. Big tech. This decision meant that your company would now combine, for example, all of my data on Google, my search history, my location from Google Maps, information from my emails from Gmail, as well as my personal identity with the record of almost all of the websites I visited. That is absolutely staggering. Mr. Bezos, did you personally sign off on the plan to raise prices after Amazon limited its competition? My point is that Apple is the sole decision maker as to whether an app is made available to app users through the Apple Store. Isn't that correct? Facebook wants you to believe that to be able to share fun photos of your kids with old friends, you must also be inundated with anger-driven virality. They want you to believe that this is just part of the deal. Storm clouds are gathering around the technology industry, and few would argue an epic battle is coming. Some call it the tech lash. Big tech is accused of running our lives through surveillance and manipulation, accused of censorship, accused of harming children, accused of threatening democracy. Mainly, it's accused of doing whatever the hell it wants with companies so rich and so powerful that they seemingly don't have to answer to anyone. We don't really know how to fix it, which is actually code for, we don't really want to invest in fixing it. When I go to Amazon and I search for vacuum cleaner, how do I know why they're picking these 10 vacuum cleaners for me? Right. Like, what does Amazon's choice mean? I don't know. What we saw on January 6th in the first 202 interviews of people involved that were done by the Department of Justice, nearly half cited Facebook or Instagram as a way that they either heard about the insurrection or helped to organize the insurrection. So this was a major breach of trust. And 
And I'm really sorry that this happened. Congressman, in retrospect, it was a mistake. Congresswoman, it sounds like we made a mistake there. I apologize for that. Spokespeople from within Facebook would would comment on things or say things like, you know, don't quit your day job or couldn't you find something better to do? Things like of that nature. And you're sort of going like, we just said something extremely serious about hate speech and, you know, conspiracy theories. And your response is like, don't quit your day job. Quick, if there were a fire hydrant in front of your front door, but the parking ticket was, mm, say, five cents a day, you'd probably park there, right? That's kind of how things work in big tech right now. Oh, yes, it was incredibly frustrating because the consent decree was designed exactly to avert a Cambridge analytic. And there's almost no provision in the 2011 consent decree that Facebook did not violate. What's deeply frustrating to the user of Facebook is that it's really hard to leave Facebook and go someplace else. If Coca-Cola were doing something really awful, it would be very satisfying to not drink Coke anymore and drink Pepsi instead. What's the closest thing that we've seen so far to a platform perp walk or even a, you know, a tech company executive facing jail time? Frankly, I don't think we've seen anything that's been close yet because I don't think we've seen the will to move and take that step. I think we need to ask the question why that hasn't happened. And when I would talk to the general counsels of Facebook and Google, I was just overwhelmed by the sense of not only are we the David versus Goliath, but we're pretty tiny David. I remember the first time I read the new GDPR and there's a recital in it, Bob, that gave me tingles and it said, the processing of personal data should serve mankind. <laughs> I thought, what a beautiful idea. When I think about whether or not we're able to do this, like, we're the United States of America. We do hard things, you know, you know. Yeah.